Welcome back to the Daily Report brought to you by the COVID-19 Literature Surveillance Team. We are your hosts, Will Smith and Jasmine Robb, bringing you the highlights from our newest report. The Report for November 18th, 2020. Epidemiology. Pediatric cardiologist from the Association for European Pediatric and Congenital Cardiology's COVID-19 Rapid Response Team evaluated 286 children with symptoms of multi-system inflammatory syndrome in children. They found that 65% had laboratory evidence of current or past COVID-19 infections, 93% had cardiac involvement, and all had elevated inflammatory markers suggesting that pediatric patients with multisystem inflammatory syndrome in children should be monitored for cardiovascular complications and rising biomarkers. Understanding the Pathology A retrospective cohort study by cardiac pathologists from the Mayo Clinic of post-mortem reviews of 15 patients with COVID-19, 6 patients with influenza, and six patients with no viral pathology found that patients with COVID-19 were significantly more likely to have fibrin microthrombi. They found that 12 out of 12, or 100% of the COVID-19 patients, had fibrin microthrombi versus 2 out of 6, or 33% of influenza and control patients, in that these were found in higher proportions in arterials. One-third of the COVID-19 patients also had evidence of myocarditis, and 26% had evidence of amyloidosis. Physiology researchers use mechanism-based reasoning to propose an explanation as to why COVID-19 can have varying clinical symptoms using three possible mechanisms. One, the P38-MAPK pathway, two, the JAK-STAT pathway, and three, the PGE2-EP receptor signaling pathway. From each of these pathways, the authors suggest that the varying symptoms could be attributed to the level of prostaglandin E2, or PGE2, released, which causes a cytokine storm, and they further theorize that the amount of PGE2 could also be directly correlated to disease severity. Investigators from Berlin compared their retrospective plasma disruption to the lung epithelium between 19 patients with severe COVID-19 that required innovation, 14 patients with moderate COVID-19 requiring hospitalization but not intubation, and 15 healthy controls. They found that the addition of plasma from COVID-19 patients to healthy endothelial monolayers correlated with significant endothelial gap formation and loss of junctional VE cahedron. Additionally, when compared to the healthy control plasma, the plasma from COVID-19 patients not only resulted in increased severity of endothelial permeability, but also rapid, within one to two hours, and long-lasting, over six-hour effects, suggesting that the endothelial barrier stabilizing adjunctive therapies administered to patients exhibiting signs of moderate to severe COVID-19 may delay progression to acute respiratory distress syndrome. Management. Neurosurgeons at the Laboratory of Experimental Neurosurgery and Cell Therapy in Milan, Italy, compared blood samples from 47 healthy patients to samples from 111 SARS-CoV-2 positive patients. They found sphingosine 1-phosphate and apolipoprotein N levels were significantly decreased in COVID-19 patients when they were compared to their healthy patients. COVID-19 patients requiring intensive care unit admission had significantly lower levels of apolipoprotein M, sphingosine 1-phosphate, 
albumin, and HDL compared to those not requiring ICU care, suggesting that the SARS-CoV-2-induced cytokine storm and acute phase response lowers levels of these specific biomarkers, and low levels of apolipoprotein M and sphingosine 1-phosphate less than 0.6 micromoles may be clinical predictors of severe disease and decreased survival. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. Continue to stay informed with us. Read less, do more. With COVID-19, LST.org.